Hi there. Today, let's cover a hot topic. Recent news has been talking about how warm the weather has been for the time of year. And of course, the concern about rising temperatures and global warming and how warm September turns out to have been. I'm not a climate expert, but I am passionate about keeping informed. The best part of this, we can dive into this hot topic together and use it to help your skills in spoken English. So a chance to pick up some useful vocabulary today and hopefully an interesting discussion at the same time. And this is a hot topic. So let me say again, I'm not a climate scientist. I'm not claiming to be an expert. None of what I'm saying is conclusive. It's conjecture. And it's simply offered as great material to practice your English language skills on. But let's make it interesting. Hello, I'm Hilary and you're listening to Adept English. We will help you to speak English fluently. All you have to do is listen. So start listening now and find out how it works. Don't forget, if you're finding podcasts a bit challenging or you're keen to start speaking English, but you feel a bit stuck with that, we have something made just for you. Our most common 500 words course focuses on the words that you'll use most, ensuring that you grasp them, understand them perfectly. Makes sense, doesn't it? Visit our website at adeptenglish.com for more information on this course. So I mentioned in my podcast last Thursday that it had been unusually warm in the UK so far for October. And I'm recording this just before another weekend where it's meant to be 24 degrees Celsius. That's much warmer than it usually is in October in the UK. It's sit outside in the sun in a t-shirt weather rather than the feeling a bit chilly, let's put the heating on that we normally have in October. In fact, my pelargoniums and my summer bedding plants are looking great. While all this is very nice, it also feels like something we should be worried about too. We hear a lot about climate change and I've made numerous podcasts looking at government measures to reduce CO2, like my recent one, number 675, where I talked about electric cars and that 2030 deadline in the UK. Interesting that since I've made that podcast, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has pushed back that 2030 deadline to 2035 in line with France and Germany. But reducing carbon emissions and being concerned about greenhouse gases, it's what the world is focused on. And measures around this will affect our lives for many years to come and in many ways. We hear a lot about climate change that is prediction. That's P-R-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. And prediction means what scientists and modelers, those who produce the data models, think it will be like in the future. That's prediction or to predict is the verb. And I notice when researching material for this podcast, any search online brings up almost entirely predictions. It's much harder to find the actual data what actually happened temperature-wise and weather-wise, say for this year or last year or the year before. There are a lot of headlines that tell us that weather patterns are changing. There was the extreme heat in the Mediterranean area this summer. There have been floods in New York. 
And again, I covered the floods in Libya, notably in the city of Derna. That was podcast 677, if you're interested. In Derna, Storm Daniel meant that there were 40 centimetres of rain in one day in a region where 1.5 millimetres of rain is normal for the whole month. That undoubtedly is an abnormal weather pattern, which is why flood defences couldn't cope. And this event in the city of Derna also illustrated just how awful the consequences can be of such abnormal weather patterns. So we're familiar with these examples of changing weather patterns because they're on the news. And news reports of the last few days are telling us that it was the warmest September on record. By some margin, apparently the average temperature for the whole world for September this year was the warmest ever recorded. And it was actually 0.93 degrees Celsius warmer than the September average between 1991 and 2020. That's a huge amount. It was also half a degree Celsius warmer than the highest ever recorded level, which was September 2020. Scientists in news articles actually used the word gobsmacking to describe their reaction to this. Remember the word gobsmacked, which I've covered before. So all of this can feel quite frightening. And we are very focused on carbon reduction, we and our governments. But perhaps it's good to ask, is all the change in our weather patterns down to climate change, greenhouse gases, carbon, global warming? Or are there some other factors at play too? There is some dissent, some disagreement about this, but the overriding belief among scientists and environmentally concerned people is that it's ongoing greenhouse gas emissions that are driving up temperatures and hence the focus on CO2. But what else might be going on? Is it still okay to ask that even? For instance, the warm temperatures in 2023 are also down to variations in the pattern around El Nino. But then you might ask, why did El Nino behave differently this year? Was that down to climate change? So apparently UN scientists and the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, looked into this. Were changes in El Nino down to global warming? They concluded that there'd been a greater effect since 1950 than those observed between 1850 and 1950. But they also looked at tree rings. That's what you can see if you slice the trunk of a tree and other historical evidence. And they said it's clear there have been variations in the frequency and strength of events like El Nino since the 1400s. So the IPCC concluded that actually the El Nino weather variation wasn't down to climate change. And this is similar to some of the arguments put by people who disagree with the mainstream view on climate change. They say if you compare current temperatures with those in 1850, that is pre-industrial revolution, it's much warmer now. And the usual view is that that change is down to the burning of fossil fuels brought about by the industrial revolution, of course. But those dissenters, those people who disagree, 
say that if you compare the data from many centuries, then there is huge variation and temperatures have varied massively across time. There are examples of this, say the paintings of people ice skating on the Thames in London. This happened in the 16th and 17th centuries. The Thames was covered with ice because there was a mini ice age across Northern Europe. So clearly there are variations in temperature across the centuries. This would never happen in London now. Sub-zero temperatures are quite unusual in London. They do happen in the winter, but snow and ice are certainly a rarity. You could say, well, that's evidence that it was much colder back then. And you'd be right, it was a whole two degrees Celsius colder in those times. And this also serves to illustrate how seemingly quite a small change in temperature has a massive effect on people's lives, a massive effect on our experience of the weather. So given that there had been no industrial revolution back in the 16th and 17th centuries, what do scientists think were the causes of this mini ice age in Northern Europe? Well, they've put it down to volcanoes erupting. They shoot dust into the upper atmosphere and this hangs around for a long time, shading the earth from the sun's heat. That has the effect of reducing global temperatures. Scientists have also argued that forests regrowing in the Americas, in North and South America, on abandoned farmland that this made a difference. The farmland was abandoned because European settlers in the Americas killed the indigenous populations. Indigenous, I-N-D-I-G-E-N-O-U-S, means the people who were there naturally, the people who didn't arrive from elsewhere. So it's been argued that even something like that would have an effect on the world's temperature. And indeed, one of the ideas put forward to try and mitigate CO2 levels, can we plant more trees to offset the effect? Another possible explanation put forward, something called the Maunder Minimum, that's M-A-U-N-D-E-R, meaning one of the periods in history when the sun was less active. Apparently, sunspots and solar flares can have an effect on the Earth's temperature if there are a lot of them. There are also cycles in the distance between the Earth and the Sun. The distance varies depending upon which point in a cycle we are, and this can make a difference in temperature. Either way, in the 16th and 17th centuries, the River Thames froze often enough for there to be annual ice fairs. So that's collections of temporary shops or stalls, S-T-A-L-L on the ice in the Thames in the winter. This would certainly be impossible these days. There's no way that the Thames would freeze over at the moment. So the consensus, the overwhelming belief is that we do need to be concerned about CO2 and global warming and that climate change is mainly man-made and down to industrialization and the burning of fossil fuels. So we do need to press on with our targets to reduce CO2 and become less fossil fuel dependent. We also need to press on with those targets because of the effect that particulates in the air have on our health. That's P-A-R-T-I-C-U-L-A-T-E. 
And that's something I've discussed in previous podcasts too. I suppose my concern is while we're all focusing on CO2, are there other ways in which we're living, other effects we're having on the planet that we need to turn our attention to? It bothers me a great deal. That report that the UK is the most nature depleted country in the world, that somehow by the ways that we're farming, the ways that we're living, we are destroying the habitats of our native species, our native animals. What right do we have to do that just because our brains are more evolved, because we have frontal lobes? I don't think we have that right and it needs to change. Just because we have greater intelligence doesn't give us the right to be dominant. I'm concerned that this and other issues like pollution, and plastics in the sea aren't quite getting the attention that they deserve. It's a hot topic today and one that occupies the thoughts of many of us. And as I said at the start of this podcast, I'm no expert. I'm probably just like you trying to make sense of it all. So let us know what you think. Let us know whether you've experienced changes in the weather this year that have concerned you. And while I'll be going out to enjoy that lovely weather this weekend, like many people in Europe, it will be with some concern and some unease. Don't forget to listen to this podcast a number of times to help your English language. Enough for now. Have a lovely day. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Please help me tell others about this podcast by reviewing or rating it and please share it on social media. You can find more listening lessons and a free English course at adeptenglish.com.